Now, I know talks of the pandemic might feel and seem like a broken record. We remember what life was like before the pandemic. We remember what life was like during the first initial lockdown. And now we're in this phase of where everything is starting to reopen. But have you ever thought of what the pandemic, the lockdown, and everything in between looked like for other people in other countries? Today's guest provides and brings this really cool perspective of what travel looked like before the lockdown and how I was ignorant to the differences between the U.S. and other countries. She'll also talk to us about how it looked like in the pandemic, what it looked like in other countries, and now that things are starting to reopen and the differences between the countries and how they're handling it. So it's really cool to have this guest and it's really exciting to hear about what's going to happen when things open back up. So let's go. Hi, I'm Cola Shippentower, and this is the Enough is Enough podcast, the show where we talk about everything and anything from politics to relationships, from fitness to sex and everything in between. We talk with individuals who have said enough is enough and are ready to speak what's on their hearts. So I feel really, really blessed that with a lot of the work that I do, I've met a lot of amazing people all over the country. But something that's been really cool is I've probably met some of the most amazing people right here in Pendleton and meeting people even in my hometown. It it could come in different areas, different ways and angles. And when you make connections with people that are outside of what people have called my identifier, people think like, oh, you're a fighter or you do jujitsu, you're a native girl, this stuff. But when I'm able to meet somebody just on the the playing field of just overall human being it's amazing because those connections are the ones that I feel like are going to last forever so our guest today is a person that I met very randomly and through my mom and it was at a Walmart is where they met and we just kind of built this connection and um, it really just kind of blossomed from there and I it's really really awesome because (laughs) Meeting her in Pendleton, Oregon, of all places, was really, really cool. But the thing is, when we first met, I didn't realize that she was actually not even from this country. She was from Germany. So before I get any more into it, we're going to go ahead and bring on our guest, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm Laura. I'm from Germany. I'm 30 years old. Um, I make a lot of music, and I'm usually an event manager. Um, but during this pandemic, I've been just refurbishing old vans. I have some welding certificates and I've been just fixing up cars and working with that a bit. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for now, I think. So even right out of the gate, I just learned something new about you. I didn't know that you <laughs> welded. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I've been doing this for like eight years. That's crazy. I had no yeah. idea. So I really want to take this back to add some sort of perspective for our listeners. So how long ago has it been since we met? Simon is um, going to be eight years old this year. He was about two when we met. So yeah, about so it's six been a few years, years ago. So this is very much right. pre-pandemic time where you were able to travel and go all over the place. So I want, I kind of just want to give a little bit of background. Um, my mom, like any typical Indian mom, goes to Walmart all the time. So she was there like every other day. And she had told me that she was either at checkout or just going through the store. And she saw your son, Huey, was just kind of running around. The thing is, yeah, Huey was there with Abraham. He had met him somewhere in the store. 
And then suddenly your mom appeared because she hadn't found him. And she was like, oh, my God, there you are. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, hi. <laughs> and he's playing with my kid. And yeah, so then we just started talking and talking and talked some more. And then eventually she said, she said, well, you have to meet my daughter. And then the next day you were there and you looked at me all like, who is this person my mom wants me to meet? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm scared. <laughs> So I think a lot of people, especially local people can attest to this is that when we are seeing people that aren't from Pendleton, because you've been to Pendleton, it's a very small town. If you know one person, you know everybody. So when you see a new person in town, you're kind of like, who is this? What's going on? So this is what's really interesting about this story to me was that you and Huey were in the US traveling and you were essentially like living in your van because that's just what you guys were doing in that time. And so for people that are from Pendleton, when we see people living in their vehicles, we automatically, and I was really ignorant to this fact, we automatically think homeless or transient. So that's why probably the look of skepticism came across my face, use the words cola. And because I was really ignorant to that. And I very much profiled like, this is probably a homeless girl. She probably really needs help. So what are we doing? What did my mom get me into? And, (laughs) but we had Huey's birthday party at my house. And then it slowly started to gravitate into this friendship. And I'm like, you could totally stay with us. Like, you're really cool. And so explain to our listeners what that trip was like for you. Oh my God, um, where to start? I mean, first of all, when I came to the United States, I basically, I was going to stay in LA for a while, but then I realized that it just really wasn't for me. So um, I wanted to come up to Portland and, um, but then all the trains were canceled somehow. I'm trying to recall it. That's why I'm like a bit slow explaining it right now. But, um, and then and I was like stranded in LA because all the trains were canceled. And then I was just like swearing to myself with a baby on my arm. Cause I was like, what the fuck did you do? Like, why did you leave? Cause it was on a wimp. I was like, Oh, I'm going to move to the United States and I'm just uh, leaving everything behind. And so I packed up my apartment within a week and I left. And then I was standing there with all my stuff and with the baby. And I was like, Oh my God, it was so dumb. And um, yeah, then eventually some guy who thought I was this weird Californian hippie girl, but then heard me swearing and noticed that I didn't have that accent. He um, actually offered to help me um, because I couldn't find a hotel that had any vacancies because there was something going on. And during that day in L.A., some huge um, convention or something. Um, and so he called his roommates and they let us stay. And so there was a bit of a save there. And then I, the next day I took a Greyhound bus and that was already quite the cultural shock because usually in, in Europe, when you take a bus or public transport like that, it's very normal people. But while I was on that Greyhound bus, it was just all these outlaws, prison runaways and drugged up people I was like oh my god this is so different um yeah and then eventually I ended up in Pendleton after quite some time of traveling and that was just I think uh, a week after I had bought a van because I was going from hotel to hostel to friends to here to there I was nannying for some time and then I bought this van and then I was staying in this van but yeah then I met your mom (laughs) so (laughs) 
I don't even know. <laughs> kind of drifted off there for a bit. But yeah, so that was the beginning of that. And then I realized that I was going to stay in Pendleton with you for a while. And that was really nice. And it gave me quite some time to just really come down and process everything that I had experienced because um, there were a lot of really dodgy people. And like you said, this is it's one of those things that other people living in cars out there, they are not like I was, you know, I was in my mentality from traveling across Europe in vans where a lot of people do it. A lot of families do it. And then people would just go on these adventures because there's so many different corners in the world that you can't even get to by public transport, planes or anything else. So for us out here, this is quite a normal thing for going on an adventure of any sort. And um, out there, I was realizing that I had to be very wary of people. I mean, there's a lot of great people out there that will just offer you a coffee in the morning and here and there. But you have to be so careful where you park up. And I realized that you could park at Walmart for free. And because it has cameras and lights and it's a 24-hour um, place to go to, I thought it was quite the safe spot to park the van. And so I was having coffee at Walmart in the mornings and Huey was running around. And yeah, then that's how that happened. Um, first of all, so yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because <laughs> like I said, for us that are from here, when we see people in the parking lot in their vehicle, we're immediately thinking transient. So yeah, living and traveling around in your van is really common in Europe and that's what we had talked about because you're like you should definitely come over come visit and I was really worried and I'm trying to get used to even some like the vocabulary you guys use and the terminology so like when we think hostile a lot of us in the U.S. think scary movie uh, yeah (laughs) I know (laughs) and that's normal (laughs) yeah that's normal for you guys so we call it hotel motel like that sort of thing and so it's really interesting to think about the different perspective because I had no idea that's how people travel in Europe because I I grew up thinking like people will go to college and after college they'll go like on a backpacking tour across Europe that sort of thing but it hadn't dawned on me that people will actually just have a vehicle and they'll live in it and you talked about a train so people will just sleep on trains and it sounds like Europe you're able to really trust the people around you like everybody's got got kind of that community of travel and respect in that sort of sense as opposed to us it's almost as though if you're living that way you're probably like on the lower end of poverty or something like that would would you say that's kind of like a good comparison almost and kind of i think it is i think it is because out here i mean yes people some people who go backpacking are also very poor but there's like if if there's someone living out in their car it's not seen as such a poor thing and homeless people out here wouldn't live in a car you know that doesn't happen out here like that it just we have homeless shelters and yes there are a few people living in the streets but because a lot of people for uh, in Germany for example they get um, government money like you do have um, that like unemployment in in Oregon Um, and they, the housing will be paid for. And we don't have, when people get government money, they, they don't get food stamps or anything. They will just get the money transferred to their cards, to their normal bank accounts. And so they, you can't tell who has food stamps or who doesn't. And so it's, it's not really that much of a separate society in a way. And people can, can get, use that money to go traveling too. So if you're very poor, you can just go traveling really nicely with it um, and just choose to live that way. And 
generally people out here, I think they are a bit more trusting when it comes to these things of sleeping outside. And um, when I was a kid, I was even, I was a Girl Scout. And so my parents let me just go out with my friends into a different country. They, I travel abroad and I didn't have a cell phone with me. And when I was 10 years old, I was walking across Sweden with my friends for three weeks without my parents really knowing where I was. And it's because it's such a tra- trusting thing about these you know, travels um, out here. And out here, you'd be more wary of a motel than a hostel, actually, because um, motels are really the weirdest places for people to go to. Um, and traveling in a van, for example, I mean, I, I have five vans and um, just recently went to north of the polar circle with my friend. And that, I mean, it's up in the above and beyond um, Sweden. And um, so we drove across, um, uh, not across, but along the border to, uh, of uh, Finland. And then there was only one time where people in this like four, small fisherman town, they thought we were stealing their boat engines or something. So we were actually stopped by the border patrol and then we were just standing out there. And I was like actually in my bra because it was really nice and sunny and there was nobody else around, just the police that stopped us on this like weird road. And, and they were really uncomfortable stopping us because they could tell that we were just two girls with a kid that were traveling. And anyways, so um, I don't know. I keep drifting off about these things because I just keep <laughs> telling you bits and pieces about the travels. But yeah, like you said, it's very trusting out here. And um, it's a nice thing, you know, that you can let your kids go traveling like that and you don't have to be scared. And I mean, I would let my kid go to the, to the scouts and then go traveling. I, when I was a Girl Scout, we went to Hungary, we went to Norway, to um, to Sweden, and all these other countries. And we never had a cell phone with us. We always went for three weeks, and our parents sent us letters. Yeah, that's so cool, and it's so different. <laughs> I I like that you bring up because, of course, yes, in the in the U.S. we have food stamps and they've come a long way. I remember when they used to be like the little paper coupon looking things and you had to use them specifically and make sure you had exactly what was on the food list. And they started making progress and started moving. And then they started uh, using these EBT cards, which everybody could tell what the EBT cards are, especially for the state of Oregon, because it says Oregon Trail on it. And so when people see another individual pull out this card, people's minds immediately go negative and they're like yep I'm funding your food right there that's coming out of my taxes so there's negative connotation around people that are uh, utilizing the the system that's been put in place to help people when they're needing assistance and so I think it's even really cool that in Europe you guys are just putting them onto the like a regular card so you don't you can't tell who's having to use assistance or needing assistance things like that so I really like that because all too often we're judging books by their covers like I said I was really ignorant to um, the whole European lifestyle and how that could look so it made me feel really dumb I'm like oh she's like fully capable she's an amazing woman and she's doing (laughs) this really awesome thing and it was really inspiring to me I was like dang I should really be able to travel with my boys I shouldn't be leaving them at home I should be able to take them places I'm fully capable of doing that so that was really inspiring to me and something you had mentioned when you were talking about, like, I was just standing out there in my bra. Something that was really cool about our interactions is how 
I, I think of the word like uninhibited, but it's more like just this confidence that you carry. And when you were here that I was able to really pick up on just your energy and the vibes that you carried was kind of like this, like, I'm free. I love life. I don't care what people think of how I look. I remember when we were out for the Pendleton roundup, anybody that's from Pendleton knows what the roundup I'm so is. so flattered right now. <laughs> and so when we, would go, when, when we would go out, you like, didn't care. You were just like, I'm going to wear whatever I want. Yeah. I'm going to wear this big, huge hoodie that nobody could tell where I'm wearing under it and a cowboy hat over the top of it. But it was still people that were around you could feel your energy and they could feel that you were just an overall really good human being. So like people gravitated towards you, which I thought was amazing. And so even that was really inspiring to me. Like we really should not be giving a crap what other people think about what we look like, how we sound and how we carry ourselves. Like ultimately it was the biggest, like zero fucks given. Like, this is me. I'm living my life. I'm living my best life. I love everything about this. So I, so I just have to, to hear say, you say these things because I'm like, I don't even remember what I was wearing, but you do. <laughs> I think it was because we started kind of sharing across when we were texting one time, yeah. you sent me some pictures from when you were here. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go back and look at my pictures. And then I had all these crazy pictures pop up. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we did those things. But um, it was a really amazing time when oh you were gosh. here. So we're really talking about like travel and that was all very much pre-pandemic. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit to right before what is this like February of 2020, what, what were you doing? Like, what was life looking like for you day to day before everything got shut down? Um, Well, ironically speaking, that was quite funny because I thought, you know, I had a lot of events coming up during the summer So I figured it was a smart move to take some time off and take like two or three months to myself and to recharge my batteries. So I did that. I took some time off. And then when I was going to start working again, everything got shut down. And I was like, well, that was stupid. (laughs) Wrong timing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but then I uh, actually went traveling because the borders were still open. So I thought, well, this can't take too long. You know, it's just going to be fine. So I went to Amsterdam twice, um, once with a friend and then later with my boyfriend, where really I told him that we were just going to go to the store, basically. And I said, no, no, keep your pajamas on. And then I just kept driving. And eventually we were in Amsterdam and uh, rented a boat and then just went on the canal for a bit and stuff. And yeah, then eventually all the borders got shut down and yeah, so. So with events, with events, what, what did work look like for you? What were you doing for events? Uh, Weddings, concerts, anything really. Um, We were, we have this little pool party happening in Cannes usually during the commercial film festival and stuff. And but everything was canceled. So um, during the winter, we usually have a lot of little indoor events like art exhibitions and um, little shows happening. And uh, actually, you know what? Like the last day before the lockdown, I was at a show. There was this band here that I know from Canada and they had this whole like tour book fully booked for the summer and um, everything was they they had to cancel everything and they were uh, had to go home first they were stuck at various airports and then you know this kind of thing happened you know so fast that everybody was like okay but can we still put on a band tomorrow can we do this can we not and it was really 
awkward. And then some of the bands that where the gigs were canceled, they were wondering, you know, should we go home? Should we not? Because a lot of people came from abroad, from the United States and from Canada and stuff. And then eventually after a couple of weeks of staying here and all the airports closing down, you know, they um, all tried getting home on the last planes. And, and then everybody thought, oh, well, let's rebook this. Um, you know, and then they rebooked some of the gigs, but then realized after like six months, they still couldn't come out. And so it was kind of weird seeing everything unfold. Yeah. So I know for us over here, when we were watching, because it was almost like a wave kind of came across. If something happened in Europe, we knew it was going to happen in New York and then we would come across the Midwest and then eventually over to like Oregon, like where we're at. So when the first initial lockdown had happened and everyone started quarantining, a lot of videos like started coming across like Instagram or even on the news of what it looked like in Europe. Like people were, because you guys have so many apartments that are really close together. So you have people like having concerts, like from their balcony sort of thing. So what did lockdown look like for you? Was it really close in it like that too? Um, oh gosh. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know that there was a lot of stuff like that happening down the road. Um, but for me, I didn't really pay that much attention to it because, like I said, I just kind of skipped that by just hopping into my car and just driving out. And that was actually quite nice. But I know that a lot of people here tried going into the streets because all the clubs were closed down. And some of my friends are burlesque dancers. And so they would do like burlesque shows on their balconies and then you know because the district where all the parties are happening is just down the road here and um, it's like five minutes to walk and so everybody there was just like walking around playing live music in the streets and then people dancing on their balconies and stuff like that and I've seen it all on Instagram happening too and it was funny seeing all these people that are no doing it but I was just um, yeah driving around and skipping skipping town and just um being other places and trying not to really be too close to people and I didn't really get involved in any of that okay so you were like traveling away from anyone everyone you missed all the really cool concerts that were happening but almost sounds like it it kind of kicked back to like olden days when things were happening like people hanging out their windows and playing their instruments in the street um I could totally like almost see it picture it and of course I saw some of the videos so it's a little easier to imagine it but um so you're kind of a rule breaker we, we both are because when they were saying don't travel <laughs> don't go places here I am flying yeah. to San Diego and then flying to Houston and going in all the airports and then going to Portland or Seattle or I'm I'm traveling outside of 75 miles away from my home and I mean I'm have you had any sort of like exposure or scare or or have had to do any testing um I mean I had to get tested quite a few times because one time when we went to Stockholm and in Sweden you didn't have to wear any masks right so we were and all the hostels were open all the bars were open all the restaurants were open and so we were just as soon as we got there and we got used to it we were just like playing beer pong with people and we started a little party on our roof terrace because our car broke down once and then the insurance paid us um the room and everything and we had a nice pool and accidentally ended up with a roof terrace so we were sitting there and then all these other guys from all these windows that were like what is happening down there we're like well it's room number blah 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 just come down and then everybody was on the roof and so you know after all of that um we were like okay entering the country again and then we had to get tested twice actually i think because you have to wait like five days in between and then you have to kind of quarantine at home for a bit. But 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I never really got scared that I could have it. I mean, some of my friends, actually a friend of a friend had Corona and then another friend and then my friend's sister. And most people got out of it quite all right. I mean, one or two people say they have some really bad side effects afterwards now that they can't think straight and have headaches and here and there and but most of my friends got tested regularly and um so it was always so did the hospital situation look really bad over there like it did for us here I know New York was horrible where they they couldn't keep everyone in there there wasn't enough ventilators that sort of thing did you guys run into that over there no, I mean, from what I've seen, it wasn't, I mean, it was never as bad. Um, it got really bad in Italy. Um, I don't know if you've seen that on the news, but that was in the, in the beginning and they couldn't save everyone. And then, you know, they were thinking, how do they do that? Who would they save and here and there when they don't have enough ventilators? But um, out here, we never really reached over that critical number. Um, because we have a lot of hospital beds and I mean it got close to it but it wasn't as bad as in other countries so I guess it also made a lot of people be very reckless because we all have very good health insurance you know and a lot of young people were just like out partying the whole time and nobody really got very scared <laughs> so Thing, really okay. really sanitary with all the extra alcohol I think yeah exactly <laughs> using just was the, the extra preserves you to... keeps you young too <laughs> that's probably the secret that's probably what yeah. y'all are on to over there and that's probably why I'm gonna age much sooner than everybody else because I, I do not partake in the in the consumption of alcohol so that's probably my bad there but um yeah you're very good on that my sober friend yes so <laughs> I'm like, will I survive in Europe? Will will I be like an anomaly when I go over there? Nah. <laughs> People be like, she doesn't drink. There's something wrong with her. But so I'll come with. Forward. I'll drink for both of us. Yeah, there you go. See, and that's how we that's how we rock that when you were here too. Anybody wanted yeah. to buy me something, I'm like, give it to her. She can yeah, afford give it to her. Listening right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fast forwarding to today, what what do things look like now? Now that we're a lot of people are thinking we're we're reaching the end of the COVID era. Like things are going to start opening up. People are going to start getting back to traveling. All the bans are going to be lifted. All the regulations are going to kind of just simmer down. And people are thinking, oh, we might get back to normal, quote unquote normal. So what does it look like today for you guys over there? Well, um, oh, where to start? Um, so today they started opening up the schools again or more yesterday. And they do have kids come to school and in shifts basically so the kid goes every second day and it shifts every week so let's say this week Huey goes Tuesday and Thursday and next week he's going to go Monday Wednesday Friday and then the week after that he's going to go Tuesdays and Thursdays so it's kind of a new concept that they've come up with which is supposed to be super great but it's I mean you kind of have to be a housewife to manage all the homeschooling and this shifty work thing with the school um yeah but things are opening up slowly but not fully for example when you want to go to a store like um, hardware store or shopping for clothes you have to book an appointment so you book an appointment online and then you get a time slot where you can go in 
Um, grocery stores are just open. Um, what else? We don't have any cinemas opening yet. There's um, hairdressers, they do open, but none of the bars, none of the restaurants. You can take take out food and, well, yeah, that's pretty much about it. And they say that there's a, like another wave coming right now for us. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen really. Kind of just waiting yeah, it's kind of confusing what's gonna happen. because in a, in a lot of countries, they have opened up everything again. And I see all of my friends, a lot of my friends from Australia and stuff, you know, they send all these drunken videos from partying. And I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to go out. <laughs> I want um, to do things with the people. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to, you know. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, for Huey, it's the second time that he's having his birthday in a lockdown now. So that must be so weird for kids, really. Um, I can't really imagine that. I mean, his eighth birthday was a couple of days after the lockdown started. And then now he's going to turn nine and it's going to be another lockdown birthday. And for kids, I mean, one year is such a long time, right? And having that for the second time now, that's, that's nice. That's exactly weird. it's been really interesting for us as well because all three boys are spring babies so they've all had their quarantine birthday parties um and then this year we're coming up on their birthdays again and they've all expressed that they just want to travel which is really weird because my boys are very much they don't want to be stuck in a vehicle with each other but this mm-hmm. year abraham wanted to go to montana so we went for our usual buffalo hunt Uh, Simon is very much like can we just go he wanted to go sledding but now he wants to go swimming somewhere but now he just wants to go someplace (laughs) where he can shop it it shifts with that one all the time so um, they seem to be kind of adapting to it kind of like okay if we don't get to have a party with all of our friends let's do something else that's big so their their imagination is definitely getting bigger in that respect so it's been it's been very interesting and I think especially for the kids it's been hard because um, humans, we're supposed to connect. We're supposed to be able to interact with each other and hug each other and just be around each other. So I think it's really difficult for the kids. And a lot of um, people are starting to come out of this with like some social anxiety. I've noticed some of my friends that would normally be very sociable and talk, they're kind of just very much recluse now and they very much enjoy staying home. I've picked that up a little bit where I used to be, let's go travel here. Let's go train here. Let's do all this. And now I'm just like, I just want to be home so I can relax. So I've kind of picked that up a little bit as well. So mm-hmm. what do plans look like for you as soon as things just start to open up? Are you going to go back to your event coordinating or doing more stuff with your vans and building and welding this, this newfound <laughs> skill that I knew nothing about? Uh, keep things a secret to keep it interesting. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I'm probably going to go back to event management, but um, to be fair, I think it's not going to be one of those things that will really work out, again, not as good as usual this year because people are very wary about where they spend their money and where people usually used to just be happy to spend 20000 on a wedding for all the food and all the catering and all the cake and the wedding dress and whatnot, which was quite the average for people to spend I'm pretty sure they're going to be way more careful now because usually people would even take out a little bit of a loan and they know you know they 
they would know that they could just pay it back within this and that many months. But then everybody's wages were cut and people were working on 65% of their wages and then they couldn't really pay back loans like that. And now I think people are going to be way more careful where they spend their money and they'd rather save it up before than just, you know, spend it the way they used to. And so I've noticed this when people have been planning things or have been asking about anything that nobody really wants to set on a date or, you know, set a budget and people are just like, oh, we'll wait another year and here and there. So I don't know. I've been living off savings and they are pretty much going to an end now. And I have no clue what I'm going to do. <laughs> I honestly probably just got to wing it as usual. You know, sometimes we, we got to do that. And I mean, with this pandemic, people become very frugal with their spending, which I think is something that people needed to realize before. And, you know, I think everything serves a purpose. A lot of people started taking more account into their health which I know is something that's big over there because when you came here, the way you would grocery shop and when you would bring groceries home and when you were cooking, it was like, this is really healthy. This is kind of cool. <laughs> but I, I was really curious as to what it looked like in comparison to Europe. And you're like, it's so healthy over there. Like we don't have a McDonald's on every single corner. We don't have fast food. People enjoy their food. They take the time to sit down and really connect over a meal and things like that. So I think this pandemic really did open up more people's eyes to the importance of their overall health of taking care of themselves when it comes to their food and their activity and even water something that should be so simplistic people are all of a sudden like wow I really need to try to get creative on getting as much fluids in, in as I can or some of us have been preaching this for a long time like y'all are just now catching up like are we now talking about health um, and then of course finances people have been like I need to save more I need to be more prepared like wow, saving up for three months of expenses wasn't enough. Maybe I should be saving up for six months. And so that's been something else. And, um, but that's something I have noticed with you is that you're really good at the winging it game and just kind of really riding out the waves of life and not being so dead set on a plan, which is really cool. There's a lot of people that are able to strive, like thrive on that. And you do a very good job of it. I am very thinking that you were capable of, writing out thank you this thank this you. COVID error you, <laughs> you make it so. look really good too I mean like every time <laughs> I look at your social media you still are just pulling off the whole model look and for our listeners that don't know what Laura looks like I'm <laughs> definitely gonna plug in her Instagram you've got to see her this woman is gorgeous and she's oh my gosh <laughs> I feel like just all you girls over there just look like you're camera ready every two seconds and I'm like <laughs> These people not realize she has no makeup on. This isn't fair. The I'm, rest I'm, of us have I'm, to... I'm basically, I'm basically wearing like this. I know. I'm, but he, I'm like... <laughs> For people that don't know what she's wearing on our interview right now, she's <laughs> black black on and this leopard print corset where uh, her boobs look amazing, honestly. It's actually a bodysuit. A bodysuit, yeah. And then this button-down shirt, and it just looks like she... And she literally probably just threw this on because that's what, how Laura's style is. She just throws things together yes. and it, it all fits. And I have a hot water bottle. And a hot water bottle that looks like an owl, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. This is actually, it's kind of like my night PG outfit now. <laughs> so. so if you don't have well. any European friends, you definitely need to get some because these are some amazing people. <laughs> and So we got to talk about some pretty heavy stuff. I think 
the pandemic has been really just wearing on a lot of people and it's almost like I don't want to say a broken record player but we're all kind of like when are we going to be out of this when are we going to be on the other side so I know topics like this for some people um, can be really just tiresome but I think providing other perspectives because a lot of people in the U.S. don't know what it's like in Europe from firsthand perspective and like direct contact with someone which I feel like I've been pretty blessed with being able to talk to you like how are things going on over there how are you guys dealing and things like that so being able to provide an episode like this will allow people to see it through other people's eyes and maybe figure out hey sometimes you just got to wing it and kind of go through to the next thing so after talking about some pretty heavy stuff I like to end each episode with some rapid fire and they're very random questions and you have to try to answer them with as little explanation as possible. Some of them are like a yes, no, or maybe two word uh, answers. That's hard for me. I I tend to talk a lot (laughs) and drift off. (laughs) First one, if you had a warning label, what would yours say? Oh my God. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. I think pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Oh man, we don't have You'd enough have to time. Ask my boyfriend. <laughs> we don't have enough time to go through all the stories that we we have together. But I would say, oh my God, I don't know would be a really good warning label for you. We'll yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. And what is one thing you will never do again? Oh gosh. There should be a lot of things, but I think I should, I'd say it's another one of those things that I wouldn't really put my finger on. Things that I will never do again is I think I've enjoyed pretty much most of what I ever did. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, nothing really coming good. to mind. I think, that's really good. Yeah. I would say I would probably. But the thing is, a lot of the things that I've gone through, my experiences have helped me become who I am. I would say I'd probably never drink again. Like, if I could go back and do it all over again, I wouldn't have. But I don't think I would be where I'm at if it weren't for that. Yeah, that's a really really tough one. Um, Let's see. Who's one of your heroes? One of my heroes. Oh, heroes. See, you come at me with these questions that I really, I should have really good answers to right now. And I'm like, who is one of my heroes? Well, let me think about that. And then I, I think of all these people that I've ever met, but, you know, and there are so many amazing people that I can't really put my finger on it because everybody that I ever met kind of taught me something. And I don't have that sort of hero that anybody would know as like a famous person or anything. You know, I just kind of like, there are all these different people and just meeting all of them brings out so much in you. If you can see it, that makes sense. You know, um, it means like everyone that's ever come across your path or in your journey has some type of, yeah, a lot of people, you know, most people are blessing you, in there. Yeah. I mean, even the negative, it, it teaches you a lot about anything, you know, and I mean, a lot of people that, I've met, um, you know, I wouldn't say they are my personal heroes or anything, but I mean, I've met kids that had like scars all over their legs and, and you know, where their parents had burned them and for them to just stand up straight and actually smile at people, that's something probably very heroic, but I'm at the same time, 
I don't know, everybody would probably say their parents and stuff, but I can't really say that my parents are my heroes. So, um, I mean, yeah. So you know who, you know who Oprah Winfrey is, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you guys have a woman like that over there? No, no. We also have Oprah. Uh, just Oprah. <laughs> just Oprah. <laughs> See, I'm like universal thing. It's so like different over there. Like tell me all the things, but that's that's how no, ignorant really. I am to that type of travel. I haven't been outside of the U.S. yet, and I can't wait because I really think that my first time out of the U.S. is going to be to Europe and to be able to see you and connect with you and just try all the amazing things over there. But I cannot wait for that. Is there anything yeah. you'd like to leave our listeners with? Any sort of plugs you got? Anything you want to leave them with? Um, well, if I can kind of one thing that I thought about while we were talking is also that with all this pandemic stuff going on, um, I actually the one thing that I should be happy about is that I got some time to, you know, I always wanted to start refurbishing bands more and work more on cars and and make more music again because I hadn't been making music for a long time, not as much as I wanted to. And now I finally, you know, got around to doing that. And instead of just always whining about you know, sometimes we, we always see the negative, but I think it's, it's good to just, you know, focus on something that you've been wanting to do for a long time. Maybe something really small that you never had the time for doing. Yeah. Maybe that was helpful. Maybe it wasn't what I just said, but um, that's how I've been feeling recently, you know, that I've been having time to do all these things that, you know, clearly now I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have the money coming in, but I'm actually quite happy. Sometimes there are some days where I'm just, you know what, I'm just like this time off. I've been always complaining that I didn't have it. And now I actually have it and I have so much of it and I should just be using that for something good. And um, I think that's why I make it look so happy and good on Instagram because I try to just do things with my time and, you know, not stress about all the negative about it. And um, yeah. Think. Awesome. It's the pivot. It's the ultimate pivot. I think a lot of us <laughs> have been trying to really exercise during this time, but Laura, thank you so much. And I am really excited that we got to sit down and have this conversation. It's probably been long overdue, but I really do believe you provide a whole different perspective for our listeners to understand that there's different ways to going about this pandemic and it's looking different for a lot of us. So it's an amazing perspective you provided today. And I cannot wait to see you in real life and squeeze you, whether that be over there or over here or whatever's going on, but I'm coming for the roundup. This is for sure. <laughs> she's coming back. Pendleton be prepared. She is oh. to be reckoned with and she's a good friend. So I cannot wait to see you. Thank you for listening to the Enough is Enough podcast. If you would like more information on our host, guests, or podcast episodes, please visit us on Instagram at EIE541.